This episode of Playing the Rube is brought to you by philliesnation.com. Go there today for all of your Phillies news, rumors, information, opinion, and much more. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash philliesnation. Find us on Twitter at philliesnation and on Instagram at philliesnation underscore. Welcome to Playing the Rube. I'm Tim Malcolm, the host of the show. And the Phillies, if you don't know what this podcast is before I even go there, this podcast is about myself and Dan Walsh playing out of the park baseball 2018. Our goal is to take the 2009 Phillies and turn them into a good team. Well, they were already. But the real goal is to move long term with the Phillies, make them better for 2011, 12, 13, so on and so forth, trying to rectify the mistakes that Ruben Amaro Jr. made as general manager of the Phillies. And we're not doing well. In case you haven't listened to this podcast yet, the 2009 Phillies are terrible. Last place, terrible. And a lot of that is because we worked with players who in this game are rated very poorly. So we're trying to rectify all of that too. Our record is 26 and 50, which is very bad. And as we continue the podcast, you will understand why. So why don't we get into it? If there's nothing else to say. It's time to play the Rube. Brad Lidge stretches. The 0-2 pitch, swing and a miss, struck him out. The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008. It's time to enter an alternate history where two men attempt to become the best general managers they can be of the 2009 Philadelphia Phillies. But what happens instead is absolutely hysterical. This is Playing the Rube. July 1st, 2009. The Phillies are 26 and 50. All right, quick rewind on what's been happening. Well, we, we stink. That's what's been happening. But we made a lot of trades earlier in the season. We have a very different team than we did when we started. Our pitching staff is composed of Cole Hamels, Jeremy Hellickson, um, David Price was in there, uh, but now he's in Lehigh Valley. We also got in a trade Scott Casimir, but he got hurt, and he's out for potentially the entire season. So it looks better, but right now it's sort of half-assed, I guess. Brett Myers is still in the rotation, but we're talking about potentially trading him at the trade deadline because that is coming up. We are in July, and it might be time to start talking about the trade deadline. So that's what we start doing. This is our month. I feel it. I I guess it can't get worse, right? Um, let's say it can well, get so worse. It can get worse. It I, it could it I guess can hypothetically get worse. <laughs> get worse. But um, I was trying to uh, to segue into some shared optimism. I don't know why that took a turn. Uh, that took the turn that it did. But um, yeah, so let's we like to think of the Phillies as a warm weather club, right? An offensive club. Uh, so when season. it gets warmer, may, yeah, that's right. It's hitting season. We still got Charlie around saying hitting season all the time. Like that means anything. But anyway, um, yeah, I think it's worth a shot. Get the bats going. Get some wins. So interesting news on the trading block. Remember how our old friend, uh, what the heck was his name? Now I can't remember his name. That's good. Uh, Eric Hinsky. We had talked about him as potentially uh, someone that we could bring in as a third baseman. Oh, yeah. He has a torn labrum and is out for three months, so that's not happening. (laughs) No. See, I kind of like it when decisions are made for me. 
Yes. Well, we made the decision before that anyways, but uh, it actually just worked out in our favor completely, so that's good. Um, but I'm sorry that he's hurt. I hope he gets better soon. We don't want to wish injury on anybody, to be honest. No, absolutely uh, not. But this, remember, it's digital Eric Hinsky. I need, I need to remind you that Eric Stoltz has been claimed uh, by us. We're waiting to see if we can get Eric Stoltz. Do you remember that? Oh, absolutely. I remember that. It's definitely my job to know these things. Yeah, you should. Um, he has a potential 55, so that's why we thought, oh, this is the moment for us to bring in someone that has potential and can pitch well. <laughs> so, second game of the Brave series, we lost 11 to 1, 11 to 5 yesterday, you know, same old same old Brett Myers on the hill. We got to talk at some point about trading guys who have value on this team. Um Brett Myers seems to be one of those guys that we could trade, but he has a 5.19 ERA, and I don't know how much he will garner in any sort of trade situation. Um, but what is your thought on Brett Myers? Is he someone that – I mean, he's the free agent after this year. I feel like it's a no-brainer. Yeah, he. I mean, he's owed a lot of money. He's getting paid, uh, I think, $12 million this season. Yeah. So we might, have to, we might have to include some cash, but if we could get anything back for him – I mean, really anything at all with these players who are going to be gone anyway at the end of the season. Uh, we might as well try to at least get something. This is just time for him to put a, string together a couple of decent starts. Right now he's .1 wins above replacement, so it'd be nice if he can maybe get that to like .6 or 7 by the end of the month and we can, you know, dangle him for someone, even like a, you know, a 25-rated sort of prospect from somebody. It doesn't matter who. Um, it would be interesting to see what teams right now need starting pitching because I think that's, you know, we should start to do that scouting. But at this point, we just need a good start from Brett Myers, I think. Yeah, one day at a time. <laughs> Honestly, it's I mean. Pretty good, it's a pretty good TV show. <laughs> All right, so he pitched better. We lost, but he pitched better. How much better? Seven innings, gave up three runs. Oh, that is good. Yeah, it's not bad. Five strikeouts, two walks. His ERA is down to 509. So get that under five. Yeah, get, get that. Five. Yeah, get it under five. And he, you know, because it's just, I mean, the difference even on paper between 499 and 501 is just, it just feels immense. So if he just keeps trending in that direction, maybe we can trade him for some pine tar or something. I just uh, took a phone call. I know you like it when I take phone calls. I mean, it's, it's very rude. You and I are already speaking. I don't know why you took another call. No, it was it was while the game was happening. Oh, I see. So the Yankees called. And they would like, they would like to give us Nick Swisher and five hundred and thirty dot five hundred thirty dollars. That's good. <laughs> five hundred and thirty thousand dollars in cash. For Chanho Park and Jonathan VR. It's okay. a very odd trade. That is an odd trade. What um shouldn't the Yankees be a win now type team? Um The Yankees are forty two and thirty eight, so yeah, they should be trying to win now. They are in contention. They are ten and a half back of first place in the AL East because the Tampa Bay Rays are quite good. But they're in the wild card hunt, just two back of Boston. 
So it makes sense for them to not trade a productive outfielder for a half-baked relief pitcher. Um, <laughs> but let me take a look at how Swish was actually doing this year, because that'll tell us a little bit more. He's hitting 251, 381 OBP. So in typical Swisher, typical Swisher uh, performance, he's having a good season looking at balls. Uh, 394 slug. He's got 53 walks and 54 strikeouts. So it's, you know, classic Swisher. But, um, yeah, 28 years old. He's he's actually a pretty cheap player. He's making $5.4 million this year. And he's got a contract that runs through 2012. It gets progressively larger each year. But I don't know why I would... I don't know. There, there's something... I was thinking about this last couple of days as, you know, we're seeing our young players sort of flutter around and try to get better. And we see some of our older players not do so well, but what if we were to sort of recycle really quick and bring in veterans who are just better than the current veterans that we have? Like if we brought in like a Nick Swisher type to try to contend as quick as possible next year, while still trying to keep a young team in the minors. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Uh, I, I think basically what you're saying is, what if we we make trades still geared towards the future, but maybe toward next year or the year after instead of five years from now? Yeah, I mean, you say it much more eloquently than I do. I, well, this is why they pay me the big bucks. And how, so Nick Swisher... How much are you getting paid? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. It's the other teams that pay me to get you to make bad decisions. Um, I see. That's why we're losing. (laughs) Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, Chan Ho Park, let's see. This is the last year of his contract, isn't it? Chan Ho Park, he is, I think it was a one-year deal that he signed with us. Uh, He's a free agent after this year. He's only making $2.5 million, which is why, well, 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 that's, I guess the Yankees, we would have we would be eating too much money and be over budget if we took on Swisher's salary, even with Channel Park salary leaving. So that's why they would be giving us was it five hundred thousand or whatever it is. Yeah, we're really tight right now to that to that threshold to to our budget limitations. Um, I don't I don't like giving up VR. That's really the issue. Chanho Park is is easy to replace because he's just a reliever and our team's terrible anyway. But VR is one of our most promising assets right now. So if I were to take him out of the deal and just see what the Yankees would want in exchange, the only answer is Dominic Brown. And Dominic Brown could just be better than Nick Swisher in three or four years. Yeah, he could be. So so they're smarter than we wanted them to be. We know that now. I mean, although, you know, as I said, trading to win next year, as opposed to five years down the road, is an interesting proposition. It'll help save our jobs a little bit, probably. It'll also take advantage of the fact that we have Chase Hutley and Jimmy Rollins and Ryan Howard and Cole Hamels on this team right now. You know, we, we need we, right. we do have a window with them that we don't want to close. Yeah, and and the issue with leaning too far toward the future is that these players, I mean, Chase Utley is a once-in-a-lifetime talent. 
to come through your system, you know? So when, what, what are the odds of us producing another Utley and Rollins and Worth, you know, and Howard all at the same time? Uh, very slim, um, even with all these trades that we're making. So I guess the question is, though, if we are willing to part with VR, and, you know, and I don't want to get too far down any kind of rabbit hole here, but if we're willing to part with VR, should we be looking for better than Swisher? Or is Swisher, you think, as good as we're going to get? No, I think this is a good litmus test for us to kind of go into the rest of the month of July with a game plan here. And I think Swisher, you know, being that litmus, Swisher's not a good defensive player. He's a 45 at first base in a right field and then a 30 at center field. So if we put him in, obviously, in right field and then do something with Johnny Gomes, let's say, then we're losing a lot of defense out there. And I don't know if that's worth it, you know, because we do need defense. And defense is more important than I think uh, a lot of people would give it credit. Um, he's a 50 overall. He's a 65 potential. So those are good numbers. I do worry about... I worry about the defense. I don't know if there's a lot else I worry about with Swisher. His eye's really good, and that lasts a long time, you know. And it's and it's obvious that he's a he's I mean he's great at taking pitches. He's walked a hundred times uh, already once in the major leagues and almost twice. He walked 97 times in 2006. So I don't have like big reservations about Swisher, but I think he provides us an idea as to, okay, this is the kind of player we might be trying to look for. And maybe at the trade deadline, if we're trading a Brett Myers or someone slightly better that we can get value back for, instead of getting, you know, a lot of minor league talent prospects who can, you know, start in single a, maybe we do get a major league player like a Swisher or someone better than that. I think so too. I think that sounds good to me. Guys who will still be here for several seasons, but who can contribute sooner than some of the talent we've acquired already. Yeah, I, and I'm thinking like even better than uh, Pedro Alvarez, who is at third base right now and probably is more of a project than we would like to believe right now. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, he hasn't, I mean, we haven't gotten like huge early returns for him. He is kind of a, um, you know, and I don't regret acquiring him either because he was kind of an upgrade from what we have at the moment and hopefully uh, more than that in the future. Um, yeah, so for Swisher, what about his, What do we know about his like leadership or clubhouse presence or anything like that? So his personality is not the life of the party, which is really funny because... <laughs> <laughs> If we take off these glasses and put our real-life glasses on, Swisher is the definition of the life of the party. Yeah, I remember him very differently yeah, than, was, than this game Clearly, does. he was the guy wearing the big glasses as the life of the party. Like, that's yeah. what his role was. Um, so not the life of the party is his personality, which doesn't – it doesn't mean that he's a bad influence. It just means that he's kind of a boring player, basically. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I, I only ask because – as I mentioned before, I think that clubhouse chemistry is something that we should have been taking more seriously kind of early yeah. on all along, um, especially because we are very terrible. Like, we're not just terrible. We are very terrible. Um, and so that weighs <laughs> on people uh, and makes them not always very pleasant to be around. So I think that as we do look for more talent to acquire, that that should be a characteristic that um, we should at least be mindful of. July 2nd, 2009, the Phillies are 26-51. and 51. 
Why are we talking about Nick Swisher? Okay. Anyways, next day. All right, we have the final game of this Brave series against Derek Lowe, who's got a 408 ERA. Uh, we have Jeremy Hellickson on the hill, 466 ERA. Currently the only pitcher that we acquired, at least starting pitcher, in the big trade that is still on the Major League roster with Price in AAA and Scott Kazmier out for this season. So how are you feeling about the trade? You still feel good about it, though. I still feel good about it because it wasn't a trade that was just about this year to begin with. So um, it would have been nice to have it pay dividends more quickly, but it really wasn't about, you know, making the playoffs this season or anything like that. It's still, I think, the right trade to make. An update on Dar- uh, David Price in Lehigh Valley. He's 2-2 two and two with a 3.9 ERA. His FIP, because I like looking at FIP. His FIP is 554. Ooh, get away. Yikes. It's those walks. Uh, He's got 13 walks to 30 strikeouts, but it's 13 walks in 27 innings, so it's a 4.2 walk per nine, which is a little high. Uh, 9.8 strikeouts per nine, so the strikeouts are good. But, yeah, the walks are a little high, which they were in Philadelphia, too. It's, It's... the walks, I don't know. I don't understand why we still have these walk problems. I mean, I know we made the pitching coach changes, but you know, it feels like our guys just walk too many guys. Yeah, and it's everyone too. It's not just one or two of them, and it's guys who you would not expect to walk as many batters as they do. All right, let's play this game. Uh, let's try to get a win here. Hallickson, give me a good start. Bring down the walks. Let's do it. As a loss. <laughs> <laughs> Was it close at least? Four to one. So relatively speaking. Hellickson gave up four runs in seven innings. He struck out one and walked four. Yep, those walks. Man, oh man. It's I mean, we just changed our pitching coach, so we're not gonna do anything crazy right now, but is there is there is there some sort of magic are we using the wrong baseballs? <laughs> Maybe. I, have we tried bribing the umpires? Is that a setting? Can we do that? <laughs> you could do anything if you put your mind to it. No, okay, uh, Marty McFly. <laughs> July 3rd, 2009. The Phillies are 26-52. and 52. Hey, we doubled up on our record again. How awesome is that, right? Oh, man. Uh, we're going to talk about a player who shouldn't be on our starting rotation, but has to be because we have nowhere else to turn. This is what happens when you have a bad team. And this is what happens when you have two general managers who are flailing in their arms in the distance here without any direction whatsoever. Now, we do have a direction. That will come later. But for now, really bad pitchers take our precedence. Woo! Okay, a little bit of news to start the day. Eric Stoltz is now in our organization. The trade, uh, the waiver claim, excuse me, has been accepted. So we need to put him on the roster, um, which means Rodrigo Lopez maybe is, is ready to go down. We sent down Kyle Kendrick a couple of days ago because J.C. Romero was back from his 50-day suspension to start the season. So now we need to make a second move because if we're going to have a guy who we claimed off of waivers, he needs to be on the 25-man roster as well as the 40 or else we try to put him back on waivers just to see if he can fall through. What do you want to do? Uh, sorry, could you repeat I went, that? I went all that the way around. I went all the way around. Sorry about that. <laughs> I went all the way around all the options. 
<laughs> How about the Spark Notes version? Stoltz, 40-man, make move. I don't know. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, we were already debating between whether Kendrick or Lopez should be sent down to uh, AAA, and we chose Kendrick uh, to pull up Romero, so maybe should we just choose Lopez to bring in Stoltz? I, I think it's fine. <laughs> okay, yeah, all right. We, You and I tend to make things more complicated than they have to be. I think this time, that's the easiest thing to do. Let's try that. Let's try the easy things for a little while and see how that goes. We've hit a problem with Rodrigo Lopez. Does he not want to go to the minors? Bingo. Okay, so I just made a kind of a grand speech, though, about doing what's easiest, and now now what happens? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now what happens? So we have other options. Jack Tashner, who we recently brought up, he's got a 4-3-5 ERA, 10 strikeouts and 7 walks in 10 innings. He could go back down to AAA. Uh, he's on the 40-man, and, and he's still got an option, obviously. Um, the other option is Jeff Soup. My friend and yours, who has a 7.83 ERA, he actually brought it down from 8, which is great. Um, his whip is still 2.22, and he's also on the hook for $12 million a year. He probably will not also accept a demotion to AAA. We would have to waive him, um, but even then, he would not accept a demotion to AAA, and so we'd find ourselves in a rock, between a rock and a hard place. Or we release him. That's, I guess that's a possibility, too. Um... I don't know. What are the and, you're, and you're and you're the clubhouse guy. Soup is not a good clubhouse. He's really not. Um, uh, yeah, he's not a really good clubhouse. Isn't. Uh, what's the word? Example. Uh, example setter. Whatever the word. <laughs> yeah. No. What that's is, what, what is another word for example setter? No, that's it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So so it sounds like Tashner would be the easiest option, right? Yes, he'd be the easiest. Soup would be the hardest, but we would probably be doing our team a little bit of good, but we also would have gotten nothing for Bradledge. Well, that's not true. We got stuff for Bradledge, too. Yeah, there's something else in there. I forget who it was. Uh, not that that's my job to know again, but uh, maybe Tashner for now. I don't know. I mean, I'm tired of Jeff Soup. <laughs> I'm tired of Jeff Soup, but it's just so much legwork to get. Well, not really. It's more like we have to figure out which buttons to click, but um, Tashner's the easier one. Soup is not great. I like soup. <laughs> Especially tomato and cream of mushroom. It's really delicious. It, it's Party right. fills you up in the winter. <laughs> I guess. Um, I mean, so we brought in Romero, so we don't need a second lefty exactly. right now. Yes, boom, done. Um, in fact, we don't need a third lefty because Stoltz is a lefty as well. So that might have just answered our question. Yeah, so if anything, we don't want too many lefties. Get out of here, Tashner. That's such a stupid reason. To... <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll, we'll move. We'll move Tashner right now. But I think we need to. We need to put a clock on this Jeff Soup stuff. See what he does over the next couple of weeks, and if he can better himself, then maybe we can figure it out. But I don't like his influence on the team. Um, and I just, I just don't like him. I just don't okay. Like him. Well, listen, you don't have to get personal. <laughs> this is a job here that we're doing. This is true. I don't like his performance. No, really, he's really not bringing much to, to the team right now. All right, Tashner is now in Lehigh Valley. 
and Eric Stoltz is now in Philadelphia. And Eric Stoltz is now in the rotation. Well, (laughs) (laughs) wait, (laughs) Eric Hurley is now in the bullpen. Oh, man, they keep trying to do that. So, yeah, we can't talk to Charlie about this. He's going to do what he wants to do. Yeah. And look, Hurley has not pitched well in his first two starts. That's true. Um, Should we just he let has it? a, I'm just he has a 16.76 ERA right now. Yeah. In 9.2 innings. Yeah, it's not been great, has it? Uh, so, I don't know. How would you feel about trying Hurley in the in the bullpen for a little bit to see if that's a way that he can stick in the bigs? Yeah, it's fine. Who, and who then gives a crap. Exactly. And then again. <laughs> Next time we need to get rid of someone, it's easy to send him back down. It's easier than trying to pass soup through whatever whatever convoluted process we need to pass him through to get rid of him. Have you taken a shining to Jeff Soup? I well I do have his Wikipedia page open, but I don't know if that counts as taking a shining to him. Is that is is having his Wikipedia page open uh does that mean something else? <laughs> Is no. that code for something? Uh, maybe, but I also learned recently uh, that he has a restaurant called Soup's Grill. Wait a sec, wait a sec, wait a sec. Wait a sec. <laughs> Jeff Soup has a restaurant. That's right. And it's not even soup-themed? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's very much grill-themed. I need to see if it's still open. Nope, it's not still open, Sorry. I mean, why the hell isn't it soup themed? If it was when it was open, why why wasn't it soup themed? He should have. All right, so he should have opened a restaurant. His name is Soup. He should have made a friend named Stu, and the two of them yes. should have opened a restaurant together. Yes. And they would have called it Soup and Stew's Grill. <laughs> well, now at least we know that when we get fired from this job that we're currently doing, maybe we should go into the restaurant business. And what would it be? Um, Malcolm and Walsh? There's nothing there. No, there's nothing. I think we'd be more like brand consulting for other restaurants. Okay. No, that's cool. Okay. We'll do that. Yeah. Because we're going to need a fallback plan. You need avocado toast and you need soup. <laughs> that's just my that, – that'll be my elevator pitch to everybody. What do you think about avocado toast? I'm a millennial. Do you understand? Okay, we have we have more news. Let's get off the soup stuff. Um, we have a trade proposal from the Minnesota Twins. Interesting. They are asking for Jonathan VR and Chris Coast, and they would give us Michael Kadire. So apparently, teams were trying to give us their right fielders. Yeah, for VR and some change. And and Coast Coast is even more easily replaced than um, Chan Ho Park. Well, I mean, at this point, I don't know. We don't have, uh, you know, your friend on this team anymore. Paul Baco. You're damn right. But we have, don't we have Paul Hoover still? We have the other Paul, yes. And I think Paul Baco is actually available. 
Yeah, he was released, I believe. So he is, right. he is available again. <laughs> um, how are we not winning in this game? <laughs> <laughs> so Kadir's hitting two seventy three, three twenty eight, four twenty five with seven homers and sixty one runs batted in. That's pretty good. Uh, forty five overall, forty five potential. He's a fifty five in right field. He can do everything at least average, and he's an above average contact gap and home run hitter. Um. He's making $2.75 million this year, and that contract goes into 2011, where he's only making $4.1 next year, and then a team option of $4.1. And as far as his personality, he's all business on the field, which is fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with that. So it sounds like he – you're right. It's funny. He, he, he is comparable to Swisher in a lot of ways. It sounds like he is cheaper but has lower on-base potential. Yeah, and he has and he has lower potential as well. Yeah, he's only a forty-five of potential, whereas Swisher, I believe, is like a sixty. Yeah, and so forty-five is below average, uh, so not as exciting. I feel like if we move VR, it should be for someone who is at least average. Yeah, and Kadir is also thirty, so you know you're paying for someone who his patience isn't as strong, so you're relying on his bat to get him through his 30s, which could be, it's a risk. It's a much higher risk than, than if you're relying on a Swisher to get you through his 30s. So, um, It's an interesting, I mean, it's interesting to see the teams are trying to give us right fielders for Jonathan VR. So maybe that's a sign that, you know, we should figure this out. You <laughs> get something, I don't know. <laughs> like, the, there's something here, you know? Yeah, I think so. They've probably, they've probably been watching us, uh, let Johnny Gomes play right field defensively and realize... No, 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 no. Ibanez is hurt, so Gomes is in left, and Brian Stavisky's in right. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, Well, then, that is even easier to explain. They've been watching Brian Stavisky (laughs) play right field, uh, and they kind of feel sorry for us. All right, so let's get to the next game. We're playing the Mets. And Johan Santana is on the hill for the Mets. You know, 2770 RA, whatever. We do have Cole Hamels on the hill, who's still having a very good year. So maybe this is, uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to keep, like, like previewing these games as we could win this one. Because who knows? Probably not going to win this one. Yeah, and then you throw it to me and you say, what do you think, Dan? And I say, well, I try not to, Tim. And then we go to the game <laughs> and then we lose anyway. So yeah, We still lost this one, too. So. Absolutely, we did. Yeah, we're not we're not having a good year right now. Just in case you didn't know, oh, we're not having a good year right now. That's what the problem is. We're not having a good year. That's right. That's that's the problem. <laughs> uh, it was a five to seven loss, and the Mets had a big lead early. We came back, but um, the Mets scored. I mean, they they well, it was. Five to one. Then we made it five to three. Then it was six to three, seven to. Th- so it was never. We never came back and took the lead. So Hamels gave up five runs in this one. He struck out two and walked one in five innings. Had eleven hits against him. Rodrigo Lopez gave up two runs and has a five one six ERA. Jeff Soup gave up a run in an inning and has a seven eight eight ERA. So still going well with all these guys. There is one thing that I want you to know, though, and that is that, according to Yelp, uh, Soup's Grill uh, had very bad soup. 
moment. But first, Philly spring training is here, and the team is getting ready for the 2018 season. And philliesnation.com is getting ready as well with a lot of content at philliesnation.com. You can find previews for the 2018 season. That'll be coming up in about a week or so. But right now, you can find some storyline stuff. We're talking about Gabe Kapler. We're talking about Vince Velasquez, some of the really big stories for 2018. Also coming up this week is our Power 50, where we rank the 50 most important players for the 2018 season. That will be coming up. Uh, also, you can get your guide to Clearwater if you're going down to Florida for spring training. You can check out our stories on where to eat, where to hang out, where to stay, and what games to watch and go to in case you're trying to plan your trip. All of that is at philliesnation.com. You can also find us at Facebook, facebook.com slash philliesnation, Twitter at philliesnation, and Instagram at philliesnation underscore. And the Phillies Nation podcast and this podcast, Playing the Rube, are all, all available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spreaker, and YouTube.com slash Phillies Nation. Go there now. Go check us out. Give us a five-star rating. Drop a little line. You can find this podcast in the Phillies Nation podcast. Same exact podcast. It's different logo, different title, all of that. But you can all find it at Apple Podcasts. So give us a five-star review. Thanks. Now... Back to playing the room. July 4th, 2009, the Phillies are 26-53. and 53. Happy Independence Day, everybody. And Raul Abanez is here to supply the fireworks. Take it away. All right. Got a message from Raul Abanez. He I doesn't see. want to be here anymore. Okay. So that that's added on to the Ryan Madsen message that we got like a week or two ago. Just FYI. Keep yes. Tabs. Okay. How about we package them both and we trade them for uh, like Albert Pujols or something. And then we teach Albert Pujols how to play outfield. Hmm. I'm just trying to think outside the box because I think that's what we need. Let me see if that trade will work. <laughs> St. Louis Cardinals. We got a Banez here. Then Madsen is going to be at the top because he's pretty good. So that's good. And then we go to the St. Louis active roster, Albert Pujols. Uh, we couldn't afford Pujols' contract, so that's out of the question. That sounds right. Otherwise, I think they would have gone for it. Yeah, sure. I mean, what if we threw in Ryan Howard, who's got a $15 million contract? Nope, St. Louis hates it. All right, what if we throw in Brett Myers, too? Now you're talking. I right. think they would totally be on board with this one now. Still hates it. Okay, all right. Well, you know, maybe next time. We'll yeah. call them up again later. Sounds good. We did get a trade proposal from another team, however. Tampa Bay, our old friends. Okay. They would give us their right fielder, Gabe Kapler, <laughs> for Chris Coast and Jonathan VR. And how good's Gabe Kapler? Well, first off, his name is Gabe. That's what I said. He's a 25-25, uh, 33 years old, free agent after this year. No, no. no. <laughs> I mean, he's hitting 324, 378, and 441 this year, but only in 37 plate appearances. 
Yeah, yeah. Pull the wool over our eyes there, Tampa. Yeah, I'll pass. But again, teams are really interested in trading us their right fielder. They are, yeah. And, and it might be especially necessary if we find a way to give Ibanez what he wants. That is true, because then we could just move Gomes to left, and or maybe we get a left fielder. And yeah, there are so many options here. Uh, do we want to start kicking tires? Because teams are making trades right now, and it's only July fifth, but or July fourth. Oh, happy Independence Day, by the way. Yes, uh, you also. Um, so you're saying that uh, maybe we should we should blow it up. Well, I don't know about blowing it. I mean, we're no, going to trade was, guys. Any, like, like, it, that was just supposed to be a 4th of July fireworks joke. Oh, that's good. I like it. No, yes. that's good. We'll keep it in there. We'll um, it in yeah, there. definitely. Please, definitely don't cut that. That's going to go on my comedy album. Good. Um, uh, sorry, what was the question? Oh, kicking tires. Yeah, I mean, so really quick. Of the guys that are currently on this 25-man roster that we probably think don't have a future here for too long – just yes or no, okay? Yes, if they have a future here next year, okay? Sure. Jason Worth. Yes. Chase Utley. Yes. Jeff Soup. No. Eric Stoltz. Maybe. Brian Stavisky. Who cares? Matt Stairs. No. Carlos Ruiz. Mm, how many years does he have left? He's in arbitration. Okay, uh, yeah. J.C. Romero. Yeah. Jimmy Rollins. Yes. Chanho Park. No. Brett Myers. No. Ryan Madsen. What's his contract? Uh, oh, he's got $4 like... Million, yeah. $4 million uh, each year for the next three. Um, yeah, as long as, you know, he... Well, he's not happy. Yeah, I, I, okay. Um, he's also he, value right now. Yeah, he's someone who we can move um, for something. So we can. He's, I'll put it this way: he, if we don't find a trade for him, we can keep him. But we should at least uh, look into moving him. Rodrigo Lopez. No. Raul Abanez. He yeah. Really, he, you want to keep him? I mean, he's not happy either. But I don't think he's someone we can move. We still owe him uh, like. $28 million more or something like that. Yeah. Eric Hurley. Yeah. Ryan Howard. Yep. Jeremy Hellickson, Jay Hab, Cole Hamels are all yeses, I would assume. Yes. Johnny Gooms. No. Okay, so you want to you get rid of Johnny Gooms before the year's out or in the offseason? Yeah, if we can. I mean, he's not under contract next year, is he? Uh, he's under... Oh, he's well, arbitration. I think he's pre-arb. Yeah. Um, okay, well, then I changed my answer. I thought that he... Um, I thought that he was a free agent at the end of the year. Um, we can see Wait, how it goes. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, no, he's, no, he's, he's post-arb. Sorry, he's post-arb. So he's a free agent. Okay. Um, yeah, then I don't, I don't think we need to hold on to him. Okay. Uh, Greg Dobbs? Mm, no. Jesse Crane? Uh, okay. I, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, he's an, he's an ARB. Yeah, and he, he's really highly rated, so. Chris Coast? 
doesn't really matter. Eric Bartlett, I mean, probably the same. Yeah. And Pedro Alvarez. Uh, yeah, we should try to hold on to him. Yeah. All right. So, Madsen, Myers, um, Stairs. Sounds like a law firm. Johnny Go. Yeah. <laughs> Madsen, Myers, and Stairs. And Jacoby and Myers. Um, <laughs> Madsen, Myers, Stairs, Johnny Gomes, and maybe maybe Dobbs. That's trade, right? Those are the value pieces right there. If if there's any value. Or maybe Channel Park. Yeah. So that's that's not blowing it up, but that's at least, you know, do we want to, I mean, do we want to start kicking tires on Madsen? Do we want to start kicking tires on Myers? You know, is there anybody there that you think, oh, we should kind of get in front of this? Yeah, we could at least shop around all of them. I mean, uh, maybe starting with the ones who are, I don't know, should we start with the ones that we are most desperate to be rid of or the ones that we think we will get the most value back for? Um, I'd start with the value. I just want to see what the value is out there for these guys. Sure. So okay. Ryan Madsen... The only one-for-ones that we're getting back are relief pitchers who are in the same sort of uh, contract situation as Ryan Madsen. So Brandon Looper, Brandon Looper Justin Spears, Scott Shields, and Cal Farnsworth. It's the same pitcher, uh, except that Meyer, Madsen is five years younger than most of these guys. So we'd have to kind of dig a little deeper to see what we can get from Madsen, but right now the only one-for-ones are relief trades. Um, Brett Myers... Okay, a couple more bites, so it looks like maybe he's more interesting to move. Every contract is, for the most part, pretty big, although David DeLucci is available in a one-for-one, one, and he's only making $2 million this year. I mean, not that we need to get David DeLucci for that reason, but it's just interesting that we can lose, we can gain a lot of money by just trading Myers right there. Um, yeah, everybody and then else, the thing again. is, though, that uh, – sorry, I keep interrupting you, but um, like that payroll flexibility – might help us with other trades, though, if we have to take on, you know, if we want to take on more money when we do move someone. Yeah. And other players are Jeremy Bonderman, who is having a bad year. Travis Hafner, who is on the trading block and having a good year, but he's making $11.5 for the next five years, and he's a first baseman only, so there's no reason to have him. Um, Julio Lugo, who's meh and a shortstop. Sarge Jr., who is a 35 overall, but he's also making 10.4 million this year, so that's a lot for him. And then a trio of pitchers, well, two pitchers, Carlos Silva and Oliver Perez, who are also making a ton of money. Silva's a 70 overall and potential, but he's also making 12.3 million for the next four years, so I don't know why we want him from Myers. And Austin Kearns, who's making 8 million for the next two years, and is having a bad year in Washington. So nobody there is like. Amazing, but like Delucci on a two million dollar deal over the next two years, like that's like we could take that contract in day of the week. So yeah, and how is something? How 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 does Delucci actually look? I mean, obviously he's not a stud or anything, but uh, what do you actually see in him? Uh, he's got some gap power, um, and defensively he's okay in left field. He's a fifty, but that's about it. He's really a one position guy. He was on the Phils a couple of years back, and he was off the bench, and he played very well off the bench for the Phils. 292, 369, 530. 
But ever since then, he's been pretty below average in a lot of ways. Uh, the power can be there a little bit, but he's really just a, like a fifth outfielder type, to be honest. Or or like gotcha. your, your, or a left-handed bench bat a la Matt Stairs. Okay, I see. Um, all right, that makes sense. So a possibility, but not a game changer. Yeah. And let's just see what Johnny Gomes might get in a trade. I feel like he'd be the other valuable piece, potentially. And definitely more options for Johnny Gomes, mostly because his contract is pretty cheap. But the best potential option seems to be Scott Pesednik, 33 years old, 45 overall in potential, and... His numbers are okay. He he steals bases, 27. OBP's 344. So he's, you know, your prototypical get-on-base, maybe bottom-of-the-order guy. It's actually not a bad idea. No, not terrible. So It's just a shame. None of these are, like, pieces, you know, like, that we would expect an impact from. And it would be nice if we could get, you know, obviously not every trade is going to get us that. Brett Myers isn't going to get us that. But it'd be nice if we could get that somewhere, like at least one of those, uh, a guy back who will be more than a bench bat or something like that. I think we'd have to batch a couple guys in a deal to do that. And the other thing we could do, and this is something we talked about earlier and we didn't want to do this to begin with, is one of the untouchable guys, put them in a trade. Um, And we could even put one of the major league untouchable guys in a trade, a la Ryan Howard or... Jimmy Rollins and see what we get back from those guys, but I don't know if we want to do that. Yeah, I don't know if I want to do that just yet, but some of the, you know, not the major league ones anyway, but maybe shop around, see what VR can get us. and, and Well, Dom. we know what VR can get us now. Well, he's <laughs> just an example. And, um, and Don Brown and guys like that. Well, let me take a look real quick at what VR can get us, because now that every team seems to be very interested in him, I wouldn't mind just getting a gauge. Ah, screw that. I can't do three. I can't do four in a day. That's right. All right. Well, let's play the game. All right. So we're going to play the Mets. And Jay Happ is on the hill against LeVon Hernandez. And here we go. Well, we got a doubleheader coming. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right now. I thought that would have been a win. Uh, it really would have been a win. Well, now we can win two in one day. We can only hope. All right. We got a message. Oh, boy. Owner Andres Aguayo is coming at us with his mid-season review of goals. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, man. I'm gonna. I'm not going to be there that day. Whatever day he wants to do that, I'm not in. Well, you're lucky that you didn't have to be in for the midseason review of goals because I just went into the office right now. And, uh, okay, here's the deal. He actually leveled and said that he thinks that injuries have hurt us. But we can't make excuses, and we need to push harder for the playoffs the second half of the year. (laughs) Okay. Um, I mean, our our win percentage right now is like three thirty three. 
329. 329. See, I was close. And uh, I think that the playoffs might be out of uh, the question at this point. I think that it's more likely that the season will go on strike. I know you think that. But as I said, I had that thought a couple days ago that we could try to just go big here and bring in veterans and see if we can make a climb while still keeping the young talent we've acquired already. Maybe we can finagle this and with a lot of nuance acquire a couple of players at the deadline here who just make a push with us. I mean, we don't have to make the playoffs, but at least like we get close, you know? Yeah, I, but I mean, think about how well we'd have to play just to hit 500. Well, we have to just reverse what we did now. <laughs> but we have the same players as the problem, and, and one or two or three will, won't, you know, give us that much production. But, I, you know, we have can, you no optimism. I Well, no, um, but <laughs> we I, I agree that we can still finish strong. I, I think that we can finish, have like a 500 second half or something like that, but I don't think that we'll finish the season 500 over the course of the whole season. Well, I think we should try. I honestly think we should try to make a push. We have too good of a team in our foundation to just wither this away and try to get a lot of young talent and hope that next year's better. So we're also getting more trade proposals from teams who want to give us their right fielder. Okay. Jacob Jacob Cruz of Toronto, who's 36, is being dangled to us for Chan Ho Park and Jonathan Vr. <laughs> <laughs> Pass. Of course, but honestly, I think there's something out there that we can do, and we might not make the playoffs. We might not even get the 500. But if we can make a run and get on fire in the second half. It'll make us feel a lot better about this thing. I agree. I don't disagree. You also sound like someone who is afraid of losing his job. Well, it's the only reason we're doing this podcast, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) No, absolutely. We have to try to uh, make some moves here. We're not not doing this just to sit here and watch ourselves slowly uh, fade away. July 5th, 2009. The Phillies are 26 and 53. It can get worse. We've said that many times, and I think this is probably the low point. Maybe I said that earlier in a podcast, I'm not sure, but I think this is the low point of the season. I really do. It's going to get a lot better. I swear to you it will, but this right here, we've just gone through the ringer with the owner. Our team is as bad as it possibly can be. Things are about to get better, though. I can feel it. I know it's happening. July is our month. I said that in the beginning. Just, just listen, wait, and if you've come this far, you will be rewarded handsomely. I swear to you, you'll be rewarded handsomely. Don't give up. Don't give up on us, please. Don't give up on us yet. Here we go. Okay, so we have a doubleheader against the Mets, Hap against Hernandez, and then Tim Redding against – who is the next person in the uh, rotation? Oh, it's probably um, Eric Stoltz, I would assume. So we'll get our first look at him. Um, we'll just blow through this, but I think like we're getting to a head here. I mean, I, I I'm, I want to make some moves. I guess. <laughs> like, yeah, it sounds like you want to do something here. You want to, uh, you're looking for some action. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I hate that we, like, go two weeks and then we need another trade. And we made a bunch of trades in May. But, you know, I think it's like we have to clearly make changes on this team. You know, I think this team is is it's got to be better than it is. It's not fair that it's not better than it is, you know. I, for us, it's not fair. I think I think this game is doing us dirty right now. I Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, so where do you want to start? Well, we're going to start by playing the Mets. Yes. Hey, Dan. Yes, sir. We swept the Mets in the doubleheader. I knew we could do it. See, I'm always so optimistic. Damn right. See, the optimism pays off. And guess what? Game one, a walk-off. We were, oh, down, nice. three, we were down three to one in the ninth inning. But then Greg Dobbs hit a two-run walk-off double against Francisco Rodriguez to win the game. Cool. Oh, man. Against Francisco Rodriguez, too. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Talk about a bad person. <laughs> Is he a bad person in real life? Uh, he, I think he, like, uh, like hit his dad or something. Or Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't want to say that. I don't remember the whole story. Either way, he's on the Mets, and I want to beat him. He's on the Mets, and we want to beat him, yeah. Uh, Jay Happ went six innings, gave up three runs. Struck, struck out two, but walked six, you know, because the walks. It's insane. Um, Jeff Sue pitched two scoreless innings. Two perfect innings, by the way. Okay. See, he he doesn't want to open his grill yet. He wants to be pitching longer, and he realizes now that he has to pitch for a job. Yeah, he better close his grill if he want if he knows it's good for him. <laughs> and then in game two, we stormed out to a two nothing lead, then went down three to two, but then started scoring runs against uh, Tim Redding and took this one six to three. Eric Stoltz went six, struck out five, walked four, gave up three runs and four hits. So, fine outing for him. Park and Madsen uh, finished it up, and Jason Worth hit a uh, RBI double three, three hits. Oh, three for four. And then Ryan Howard hit a two-run home run, his 20th of the year in the fifth inning. So, uh, good stuff. We are back on board. To just good old twenty eight and fifty three. <laughs> We're making it. We are making it. We got a trade proposal too. So so what do you think was offered to us? A right fielder. For whom? Uh Jonathan BR. And whom? Chris Coast or Chanho Park. Close. J Hap. <laughs> oh, okay. So it better be. I mean, it's better. This guy better be better than what we've been offered so far. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Oscar Salazar. Uh, no. He is a twenty overall, twenty potential, a right fielder for the Orioles. Three thirty-two, three eighty-five, five ten this year in two hundred sixteen plate appearances. So he's having the he's having a career season right now. But there's nothing that says he's supposed to keep that up. And since he's a 20 overall potential, uh, there's absolutely no reason why he will keep this up. So, no, not at all. Not even close. Reject. These stupid GMs. But I do feel like it's time that we look into getting a right fielder of some sort. Because <laughs> it is clearly being sent to us that we're supposed to have one. 
Yeah, people are noticing apparently that instead of a right fielder now, we just set up uh, the Fanatics ATV out there and hope that the ball lands on it and stops. Isn't that how we're supposed to do it? It's the best we've got. All right, so let's... I just want to see what kind of offers we get for Jonathan VR. One for one. And VR is our best prospect, uh, according to a lot of people. He's a 75 potential. Ton of guys. Ton of guys. What do you want? Do you want a pitcher? You can have Jake Arietta, 23-year-old, with a 70 potential. You can have Clay Buckholtz, 24-year-old, with a 75 potential. Wow. Edwin Jackson, he's got a 70 potential. Gio Gonzalez, who has a 70 potential, former Philly. You can have Lance Lynn or, or Brandon McCarthy. Miguel Montero is a catcher. Michael Bourne can come right back home to Philadelphia. Um, Jonathan Sanchez of the Giants, who's a 65 potential. Tons of names. So clearly people want Jonathan VR. Nothing here is like, I need this guy. But I'm just saying tons of people want Jonathan VR. Yeah, I'm, and they should. They're, they're right, too. But uh, is there anybody who you think would improve us right away and who um, maybe whose overall rating is already pretty good? So... Let's see. David Murphy, left fielder, 27 years old for the Rangers. He's hitting 209, 297, 344, so maybe not. But he's 65 overall, which gives me, like, ooh, shiny. Um, I mean, Michael Bourne. He's hitting 266, 323, 353, 41 stolen bases this year, which probably leads the National League. 1.3 wins above replacement. Uh, da, 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 da. I think that's about it for position players. Adam Jones for the Orioles. He's 23. He's a 50 overall. 236, 276, 358. So he's not having a great year, but again, he's 23. And this is his sophomore season. He's kind of having a sophomore slump. Yeah, so most of these guys are either prospects who are a ways out or they are big leaguers who are having a down year, and so they're trying to move that contract, it sounds like. Yeah, for the most part. But I think this offers us an idea for the baseline for VR. Not that I necessarily trade them, but this is our top prospect, and teams are trying to give us, you know, like their third-tier player, I guess. So I guess that helps me understand that it'll probably take a deal where we trade a couple different pieces to get something of real value. Yeah, probably, and I'm comfortable with that. Uh, you know, as long as there's that real real value coming back, then I'm absolutely comfortable with that. Um, let me first pivot to the All Star stuff because while while this was all happening, we filled out our All Star rosters for 2009. The rosters are due uh, in a couple of days, and the teams are announced on the 12th. So I uh, filled out my roster. 
And so here's who I selected in the National League. We'll, we'll, we won't go through the American League, but the National League team, the starting pitchers are, you have to pick three of them. And I picked Jake Peavy, Adam Wainwright, and Cole Hamels. And relievers Jeremy Affelt, Francisco Rodriguez, and Leo Nunez. Catcher Yadi Molina. First base Albert Pujols. Second base Chase Utley. Third base Aramis Ramirez. Shortstop Hanley Ramirez. And the outfielders Manny Ramirez, Carlos Beltran, and Hunter Pence. Um, so right now, I'm looking at sort of who is currently slated to be an All Star. And of our guys. Chase Utley is in there, but Cole is not. Cole has dropped out of that, and right now it's just Chase is our only all-star, which is sad. That is sad. When you look at, I mean, obviously the team's terrible. Our, our, we've had terrible results, but when you look at the lineup card, you're like, well, five of these guys could be all-stars any given year. Chase is hitting 293, 401, 477. 12 homers, 38 RBI. Um, he's walked 49 times and struck out 45 times. 3.3 wins above replacement. He's having a great season. Typical Chase Utley great season. Jimmy Rollins is having a very good season as well. He's hitting 283, .340 with 8 homers and 31 RBI. And how many steals? 45 steals for Jimmy Rollins. 45 steals. Jeez, and we're not even, I mean, we're just now at the halfway point. Carlos Ruiz is hitting 290, 384, 384, so he's having a great on-base season. 30 walks to 22 strikeouts, that's insane. Ryan Howard is 20 home runs, 65 RBI. He's hitting 260, 343, 494. Uh, just for, for the sake of uh, comparison, Russell Brannion, I voted for him for the American League All-Star out of first base, and he's hitting 28 home runs to Ryan Howard's 20. Uh, Howard, he's only got 1.4 win above replacement, so he's, you know, basically better than a replacement player a little bit, but uh, not not quite. The value isn't very high, but the home runs are there, I guess, is, is what I'm saying. Um, Jason Worth is 253, 357, 453 with... 15 homers and 54 RBI. I mean, I'm looking at these numbers, and those five guys have been all good this year. But it's a, such a steep drop-off from those guys. Like, the next best player on the roster is probably, like a regular player, is probably Johnny Gomes. And Johnny's hitting 205, 276, 351. And his, OP, his weighted OPS is 62. Yeah, it's a little rough, isn't it, to say the least. It's just and and what keeps happening too is that even though we have these guys who could be all star players any given year, it seems like one is good at any given time and everybody else will go a month where they hit like one eighty. And Raul Abanez, who is a seventy overall and seventy potential and is on our team on a three year contract, has a two oh five, two seventy five, three thirty nine with five homers and 21 runs batted in, his weighted OPS is 59. Yeah, I mean, Ibanez is the player that I most would like to move because he has excellent ratings, so we should be able to get something back for him. 
he's older, so we don't want to rebuild around him. And uh, it just turns out that he's playing too poorly for me to think that we're going to really get much, especially because, I mean, we're paying him a lot of money. It's $8.5 million a year, but I expected him to be worth every penny of that, and he just hasn't been. The only player that would be available to us if we did a one-for-one is Julio Lugo of the Red Sox, who was also offered to us in, what was it, a Myers trade or maybe a Gomes trade. He's 33, shortstop. He's a 30 overall and potential. And he's hitting 254, 333, 377 with .6 wins above replacement, mostly because he plays infield. He's a shortstop and second baseman. I mean, he's making $9.25 million over the next two seasons. Uh, this year he's making 9.25, and then he's making maybe making more than that next year. No, he's making 9.25 next year, and then 10 million dollar vesting option in 2011. So that's a bad contract. Yeah, I could do without that. Yeah, I mean, there's no need to take that on. So you know, if we're trading a Banyas, that's probably all we're getting is a player with a high contract who's not playing well either. So it's like, do we? hold on to Abanez and make him the highest paid fifth outfielder and try to bring in somebody who we can just play in front of him. Abanez is obviously pissed off that he can't play every day, but, and it's not on a good team, but like, what do you do? I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't know what else you do. I, I would like to see him not only play every day, but like hit 30 home runs a year or something like that. And then we wouldn't even have to worry about it. Yeah. It'd just be nice if he gave us something. Even like power, you know, just any 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 kind of, you know, contribution. Any, yeah, any contribution, any anything in his hat that we can just hang on. That that's fine, but it's not happening here. So, um, yeah. Like how how do we move? You know, with these contracts, do we do we just release someone? Do we hold on to Obanias and hope that he turns it around? Like what what is? Um, see, I believe more in Abanias being able to turn it around than I did in Lidge, that I do in Soup, and than I do even in Brett Myers. Of all of them, I think that, uh, that Abanias is most likely to turn it around and be able to either help the team or be a more desirable trade asset. I think what we need to do is, here's the deal with our minor leagues right now. Lehigh Valley outfield. Forget Corey Sullivan, who's having a great year in Lehigh Valley, but is not a major league player. Forget Tyke Redman, ditto on that. Mayberry is now down to 245, 310, 471 in Lehigh. He's got 16 homers, and he could come up to the majors, but I'm not convinced that he would be any better than Raul Apanez right now. Um, nobody in Lehigh Valley in the outfield is worth bringing up. In Reading, Michael Taylor is 304, 365, 491 with eight homers, four stolen bases. He's 23 years old. He's a 20 overall potential. So if we brought him to the majors, that'd be quite a jump. I don't know if he's ready for that yet, but he's probably at least worth a move up to Lehigh Valley. Yeah, um, bump him up. Okay. And, <laughs> and no, we will. And in Clearwater, 
Dominic Brown, 21 years old, 199 at-bats. Maybe he needs a little bit more in Clearwater. But he's hitting 322, 401, 643 with 18 homers in, in Clearwater right now. Like, do we bring him up even though he's only had 200 at-bats in Clearwater? Uh, I, I think that's fine. I think we could. I mean, the worst that happens is he gets sent back down, right? Yeah, I just don't want to keep moving guys up and down like that. That's all. Yeah, but, that's true. All right. So why don't we move up Michael Taylor? Just do it. And then Dominic Brown go to Reading. Uh, out of Lakewood, is there anybody who's worth bringing up as well? Mm, not really yet. So we don't have to do that. But nobody is ready yet for the majors. Dom Brown might be ready for the rate for the majors next year. So we can hope that Dom Brown is ready for the majors next year. But do we want to bring in another outfielder because we know Abanez might not turn it around and Johnny Gomes is Johnny Gomes and won't be here next year and then all we have left is Jason Worth. Yeah, an outfielder is definitely a, a possible target for us. Obviously, um, pitching is to any starters or relievers that we can get would be good, but I feel like we could stock up on um, relievers more easily than outfielders. So an outfielder sounds pretty appealing to me. Okay. Um, All right. So what I'll do is I will look at who is out there that is kind of worth poking at what team, you know, like what, what, who's got like an overall of at least what 50 maybe. Yeah, I think so. 50 right field. Definitely. Anything else you want to do or just the overall? I think we can start with that and then fine tune it if we have too many. Huh? Kareem Garcia is a free agent and he's available. He's a 50 overall potential, but he hasn't played in the big league since 2004. How much money does he want? Uh, looks like he won. Would he like a minor league deal? Might be able to. Do you want to? Um, I mean, how would you feel about that? Is there anything to lose if he get, if he's you know on a minor league deal? No. No. There's nothing to lose. All right. Let's do it. Let's Why do am I it. asking you the question? Let's do it. Um, <laughs> You're the boss. I am the boss. Bow down. Playing the Rube is a Phillies Nation production. Thanks to executive producer Brian Michael. Thanks to bensound.com for the music. Thanks to Dan, as always, for keeping up with me and doing this podcast. You can find him on Twitter at Dan underscore J underscore Walsh. And thanks to you, the listener for coming aboard on Playing the Rube. We'll be back next time with, a little closer to the trade deadline, some stuff to talk about. Bigger stuff to talk about. I swear to you, next time on Playing the Rube. I'm Tim Malcolm. See you later.